All right, so this is the first session of Regency Cthulhu doing with our Zizzy group. And uh, just a little background on all of this is, you know, Cthulhu has been around for about 40 years this year, I think, or ish. Um, it came out in the early 80s and... I first encountered it at uh, the Rusty Scabbard in Lexington, Kentucky, hmm. when I realized that while I was playing Dungeons & Dragons, these other guys at the back of the store were playing some game where they got to have shotguns. And I was like, ooh, that's exciting. And then I discovered about the horrible monsters, insanity, and death. And then after that, I started reading Lovecraft and uh, got kind of hooked on it. But anyway, so Regency Cthulhu is, you know another time period for cthulhu they've already done like the victorian era and roman times and medieval period as well as modern so this they haven't released a whole lot of different time periods so the regency period is kind of a new um a new step in it all um but you know with the napoleonic wars and uh war with america and britain going on as well as sort of like this jane austenian type um period that really is mostly explored in like you know romance novels it makes for a really interesting mix with uh you know lovecraftian style horror existential horror so anyway um so i am the uh the keeper of arcane lore uh jed and I guess I'll go around and introduce people in the order I see them on my screen. So, Polly, what do you know? Can you introduce a little bit about yourself? And what, if any, is your favorite Regency era book, movie, TV show, or podcast? Mm. All right. Well, I'm Polly. I'm a ceramic artist. <laughs> um and a damn fine one too. Ah, thanks. You can find my stuff at Polly's Custom Shop on Etsy and Polly's Custom Shop.com. Um, I am going to be playing the Reverend Samuel Jennings, who's a member of the clergy um, from Southampton. Um, I think my favorite Cthulhu thing, well, Regency era, I guess. Um, or Cthulhu, whichever. Or Cthulhu. Um, I'd say Regis here is like, uh, oh, what was that? Uh, uh, a Del Toro film, where he produced it anyways. Um, Crimson Peak. That was pretty. Oh, yeah. That was very cool. I like that. Um, mm -hmm. my very leanings, gothic. Yeah, very gothic. My leanings, my leanings for horror and stuff sort of go more towards the Clyde Barker stuff, which is... Uh, I like a good story. I like good character development. It doesn't have to be super gory, but the monsters need to have like a backstory. And you know, I've never seen the director's cut of Nightbreed, but it's been on my list for a long time. Yeah, because I that... remember seeing it in the theater and being like a little meh, a little a little disappointed by it. But then I read the whole backstory about its uh, production history, and so yeah, it's really I need cool to see it. Yeah. Um, they had at the video store down the street for me, the director's cut, and I really enjoyed it. So, um, and 
having met Clive Barker and just following his work, it's just yeah, I like his I like his whole take on horror and how it all sort of intertwines with art and everything. It's pretty cool. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Next we have JJ. Um, my name is JJ Hawes. I'm in Louisville, Kentucky. I make t-shirts and sell stone-to-bread horses. And uh, I will be playing Captain John Stone, a uh, military officer on leave from the Napoleonic Wars. Napoleon is not yet defeated, but uh, this guy's probably over uh, warfare at this point, seeing quite a bit of it and rising through the ranks. Um, and uh, I'd say my favorite influence from this point in time is definitely the Revolutions podcast because everything was changing in the structure of society from the king says it and God ordained it to let's rip it all up and start over. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Actually, the other day I watched a little bit of uh, Sharps Rifles, uh, which... Mm. Yeah, oh, the same love rifles. Yeah, same time period, and you know the first serial takes place in Spain, so so it's almost this exact time period, um, and you know, uh, young, uh, what's his face? Uh, oh, the guy from Lord of the Rings and a million other things. Sean Bean. Sean Bean. That's it. <laughs> All right, and I guess finally we play, rounding out our trio of players. Well, my name is Clay, and I am playing a slightly mysterious, but not super mysterious, young lady named Miss Gemma Brocklehurst, who is from a vaguely, you know, upper middle class background uh something like sort of gentry-ish uh but not a lot is known about her and she is currently staying with friends um for me i am currently in graduate school and studying book arts working on a book arts degree from the university of alabama and fine press has always been my interest but lately i'm just super excited by all the artist books i've been learning about and experimenting with artist books so kind of got a new interest there which is what graduate school is supposed to do right and i'm pretty old school i don't know like pride and prejudice the novel just incredibly important to me and then the 1995 BBC drama is one of my favorites of all time. Oh. Pride Bridge. Yeah. Awesome. That's the one with Mr. Darcy in the shirt. That's one of the one with Mr. Darcy in the shirt. Yes. Okay. Well, in my case, I think my favorite from that time period is Ridley Scott's first full-length film, The Duelists, starring uh, Keith Carradine and uh, Harvey Keitel. Yeah, that's an awesome show. That's, yeah. yeah. Very cool. No, who does? All right. So, 
Let's talk, I'm going to talk a little bit about Cthulhu's rules. Not too much, because we'll kind of explore it as we go. Um, but the, the basic point here is everything is pretty much a percentile roll. Uh, and you want to roll low. You want to roll equal to or below your whatever the skill or attribute is that you're uh, faced with. And additional to that, if you make below half, then that's usually a better or great success. And if you make it below one-fifth your skill, then that's an exceptional success. And those should be marked on your character sheet. You should have three numbers next to each skill, and it kind of tells you already the math, so you don't have to do it in your head. Um, and so when you make a skill roll, you know, you can say like, oh, I, you know, I made it, you know, 10 under 60, and that's an exceptional success, right? Or something like that. I don't know off the top of my head if a 10 is an exceptional success on a 60, but you get the idea. Um, it is. Additionally, <laughs> sometimes you may be able to roll with advantage or disadvantage. And so what that means is you will roll the 10s dice twice and then either take the better of the two or the worse of the two, depending. So, and since you're wanting to roll low, you know, if you're rolling with advantage, you roll the 10s dice twice and you would take the lower one because that gives you the advantage. Um, that's a little easier with physical dice. It's a little trickier when doing it through the chat window, but uh, you just would roll a 1d10 a second time. And then, you know, so like if you rolled, let's say you rolled a 53 the first time and you get to roll or have to roll, you know, another d10, you would say, you know, roll 1d10. And then if that was came up with three, then you would have a 33 if it was with an advantage. Does that make sense? Have I confused you all? I'll explain it again when we come when it comes up again, but <laughs> no worries. Um, but right now, when we're talking about dice, uh, I would like everyone to roll 3d6 and multiply it by 5. So if I have d6s but no other dice, do you want me to stick with the online dice roller, or can I mix and match? You can do whatever you like. Okay. So what are we timing? Sorry? So what are we doing with this again? So roll 3d6 and then multiply it by 5. So if you rolled a 10, it's 50, an 11, it's 55, a 12, it's 60, and so on. Okay. I got a 65. Okay. So what you do is you go put that on your character sheet as your starting luck. Because I don't think ah. you have luck filled in yet. Oh. And so we are using the optional luck rules. And so what that means is sometimes there'll be a situation where it's like you ask me like, oh, I would like to have brought my umbrella, you know, because it suddenly becomes relevant to what's happening in the game. I can say, well, roll your luck. And if you roll know your luck, then I'll be like, yeah, you happen to bring your umbrella with you. So something like that. So that kind of just fills those kind of like random, like 
did you do it or not? Were you lucky or not? Um, additionally, what you can do is you can use your luck points in order to augment rolls. So if you roll and you are just miss passing it by one point, you know, you needed a 55 and you rolled a 56, you can take one of your luck points from your luck score and add it to that die roll so you succeed and then your luck goes from you know if it was a 65 it becomes a 64 from then on hmm. and if you are say falling off of a bridge and you need to grab something and i and you roll poorly and you're like oh, i gotta use 50 points to turn that failure into a success then you really burn down your luck pretty far but hmm. you live you know and it's better to be alive than lucky I guess. Um, <laughs> so, so anyway, and then after each session, at the start of each session, we will do a, uh, basically a check to see if you get any of your luck back. So your luck will return, uh, hopefully, uh, but not till the next session. Okay. Okay. And okay. now the next thing we're going to do is we're going to, there's a in Regency Cthulhu they have a new system that isn't in, not in any other version of Cthulhu, which is called the reputation uh, attribute. Oh. And so, uh, to find your starting reputation, it should be your etiquette plus average with your credit rating. So those are two skills you have on your character sheet: etiquette and credit rating. And you would basically add them together and divide by five, and then roll down, round down. If it's an odd number. So average the two. Yeah, basically. Okay. Uh, put that down as your reputation, your starting reputation. And so in regular Cthulhu, the way sanity works is you have a certain amount of sanity points you start off with. Um, and as you see horrible and terrifying creatures from beyond time and space, it whittles it away. And every time you have to try to make a sanity check, it becomes harder and harder as your sanity, you know, is, is reduced by the things you've seen. Reputation works exactly the same way, except it deals with faux pas. And if you uh, make a terrible faux pas in a social situation, it can cost you reputation, which then the next time you want to impress somebody uh, or, you know, use influence, you may have to make a reputation check and it gets harder and harder the more... Uh, your reputation goes down. So what were the two elements of reputation? It was... Um, Eti etiquette and credit etiquette. rating. Etiquette. Add those Surely two together we'll and divide by five? Embarrass, divide by two. It's just an At average. Oh, okay. And then round down if it's the result is at 0. 0.5. Okay. Sorry about that. Um, so, the final thing here is I'm going to try out using uh, Serenscape for some ambient audio, uh, which Serenscape has come out with a set of audio packs specifically for Regency Cthulhu. And uh, they are graciously allowing using it on a podcast like this uh, and check out the link in the show notes uh, for more about Sirenscape. Okay. 
So to get started, you all are living in Terryford, which is a pleasant town in the middle of Wiltshire. And it is this mid-September of 1813. Uh, the summer is beginning to fade into autumn. The days are still warm, but on clear nights, there's a little chill in the air. Besides signaling the approach of harvest time and the autumn equinox, the change in the weather also heralds one of the last dances of the summer season, the North Lake Ball. And the North Lakes are known as excellent hosts, making the annual soiree one of the most anticipated highlights of the year in Terryford, uh, which means all of the local gentry can attend, will attend if they can. Uh, it is the blast ball of the season, as the best is saved for last, as they say. So, all of you all have invitations, uh, and I believe in the case of Gemma, she is actually live, staying as a guest at the North Lake Hall. So, you have been privy to all the preparations. Yes, we have enough white soup, so we're finally t ready to party. And then, uh, of course, the uh, Reverend, uh, you have... You are uh, the reverend of the church not too far away from uh, North Lake Hall. If you look at roll 20. Um, North Lake Hall is located here and your church is over here in the Upper Terryford Church near Bungford. And also, you have found over the you know that many of the uh, gentry folk who live outside of Terryford choose to come to your church, and so you have become quite uh, moving in those circles, and have also been invited of as a matter of course. Oh, excellent! Now, uh, Captain John Stone, you being having returned from the wars against the hated French are something of a celebrity, and not only that, you have a wound and stories that everyone is eager to hear, so you received an invitation along with a personal note from the North Lakes, hoping that you could uh, attend the ball. I will press my uniform a second time in order to properly you know, show respect. Would anyone like to attempt to dress more fashionably than usual and use your fashion skill? Yes! <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Gemma's like, yes, fashion! <laughs> I don't have a fashion skill, though, on my sheet. So, no! <laughs> I guess I can't. <laughs> do, you have I, no, do you have no points in fashion, or...? Yeah, the, the fashion is empty. All right. Uh, does it have any number in next to it in parentheses or anything? There's a 10% in parentheses. Okay, so you ever, everyone starts off with 10% in fashion, and then if you didn't have any additional points put into it, it would be blank. So you can try to make a 10 roll of 10%, a 10 or less on percentile if you want to try. Okay, so... This is where the percentile comes in, right? Yes. Okay. You have a 1 in 10 chance of being fashionable. <laughs> oh, break a young lady's heart. So it's 1d100, right? Yes. I got an 82. I don't think I'm very fashionable. Okay. Well, 
Uh, fortunately, there's not really a downside for failing to, to make it unless you fumbled. Um, and you did not roll a 96 or higher. That would have been a fumble. Okay. So uh, you dressed fine. Uh, white muslin per standard for this time period. Um, and nothing extraordinary. I think the Reverend will try because he's still <laughs> looking for a new wife. So he'll try putting on his Sunday best and just looking a little sharper. Okay. Nope. Nope. He just looks his standard self. Okay. <laughs> With the 60. And, okay, <laughs> then. So, uh, Reverend and uh, Captain Stone, do you wish to travel separately? You can, as gentlemen, you can ride a horse, or you can try to take a carriage. You can share a carriage if you know each other. Um, I live... I'm from here. How far is where I grew up to the ball? How far do you want it to be? Um, Were you from town, or did you live out in the countryside? I imagine I lived out in the countryside. Okay. So. All right. Yeah. Hmm. I will. I will simply show up on foot. Um, it just seems soldierly. Okay. So you walk there on foot. Um, and as you arrive, you can see that, uh, the North Lake estate is one of the largest in the areas. The house is an impressive sight, uh, and even more so tonight, flaming torches line the drive, uh, as the evening is drawing in, uh, footmen and livery stand ready to see you to, to your needs and direct you through the grand foyer to the ballroom at the rear of the house. Music can be heard from the moment you arrive. So, um, as you come in, John Stone, you bump into the Reverend, who has also just arrived, who presumably you're familiar with, although you, you have not seen him in a few years. Good day, sir. How are you? How's, uh, how's your battle wound? Are you bearing well? Ah, ah, won't be long. Won't be long. I'll be back if I have to. Excellent. Maybe all done with soon. Well, thank you for your service. It's much appreciated. Uh, all uh, and my good fortune to stand here with you. I um, only wish that more of us could be. Shall we? Yes, let's. So as you come in through the, the foyer, you come uh, straight ahead of you, enters into the ballroom. Uh, to your right, there is the small parlor where you can see uh, servants setting up for uh, a supper for later. And then to your left, you can see that there is the, uh, the main parlor, which is set up with a number of chairs and settees. Uh, and looks like that is perhaps more of a conversation room. Uh, you have a little time until the ball itself actually starts. You're, you know, on time, which is perhaps a little shade early. And you can uh, wander around the first floors um, 
as much as you please. She'll do exactly that, perhaps. Go to the conversation room and see if anybody is talking about anything interesting. Maybe nope. too early for that. It's a little early, but uh, is there anything you would like to do before the ball starts, I guess is the real question. And also, Gemma, are you down here? Are you uh, hanging out with your good friend, Miss Elizabeth Northlake? I'm up with Miss Elizabeth Northlake. I'm helping her get dressed. Ah, and yes. Of course, she has, you know, a lady's maid helping her get dressed, literally. But I'm up there giving her advice, and we're just laughing and gossiping and, you know having a good time before the ball begins. Elizabeth is quite excited about the ball. She has recently been introduced into society and so is looking forward to dancing and, you know, uh, talking with suitors and whatnot else. Yes, and I'm, I'm giving her what, you know, advice I could possibly have. But things I've heard about young men to avoid. Hmm. Sage advice. Yes, yes. Yeah, I believe that Miss Elizabeth is, uh, I think, 16? Okay. Yeah. All right, so, uh, the Reverend, is there anything you would like to do before the ball starts? I would like to find something grand to eat, because being a Reverend and <laughs> making soup for myself, it's very lonely and not very tantalizing. So. You're thin as a church mouse, yes. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Um, and let's see. There's Miss Elizabeth. Aha! Uh-huh. And, okay, so, yes, that you can certainly go into the uh, I'm sorry the small par- the small parlor I, I misspoke earlier is actually set up with tables and you can see that uh, cards are being uh, being laid out along with uh, chips oh. for uh, gameplay later and then on the far side of the small parlor is the dining room which is where uh, the there is food being set out in sort of like a buffet kind of way excellent <laughs> Moving into the ballroom, it is an impressive two-story two room with large French windows looking out over the back garden, which you can still see with the setting sun. Uh, a string quartet is setting up in the upstairs balcony, and you can see that the punch bowl is being prepared on one side. And as time goes on, more and more people arrive. And we can skip, I guess, to once the ball has started. If everyone is... Feels oh, like you're yes. in a good place. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. So We do ball things. Ball things. Yes. And so... Um, Coming down once everyone has arrived, uh, and people are, you know, kind of carriages are pulling up and people are pouring in through the front door. Uh, the ballroom fills up, and you can see that there are quite a few people from the local gentry all here 
Um, and Miss Elizabeth introduces you, uh, Gemma, to some of the other girls that are kind of in her circle in the area. Some of them you probably have already met. Uh, there's a Miss Clara uh, Potterton and a Miss Julia Asher, as well as a Miss Georgina Wentworth. Mm-hmm. And the uh, and then as you can see out on the dance floor, there's a number of people, men and women, dancing as the uh, the string quartet begins to play, you know, jaunty tunes of the day. And the main parlor is where Miss uh, Lydia Northlake is now holding kind of her court uh, with people having conversation. Many of the uh, uh, local uh, ladies of the gentry. And then also people have been who are maybe too old for dancing or not interested in dancing have retired to the small parlor to play uh, card games. So who is Lydia Northlake? So Lydia Northlake is uh, Sir James Northlake's wife and Elizabeth's mother. Ah, okay. You also, Clay, would know that uh, in addition, uh, Sir James's mother... Um, which is, uh, hold on, Lady Emma, who is also lives here. In addition, there's also Lady Lydia's mother, um, which is uh, Miss Sarah Combs. Um, and so they both are playing cards. Okay. Um, I will just go ahead and share all the links. Oh, well, well, well. Okay. All right. So there is a whole mess of North Lakes. And as you know, probably from having lived in this house for as a guest for several weeks at least, uh, Miss uh, uh, Lady Lady Emma, uh, well, I don't know if she's actually a lady. I, I don't know how it works, but yeah, she is. Uh, she's the Dowager Lady Emma. So she yes. was. Now that she is a widow. Her son is the head, the has the He's title. The title, yeah. But she's, you know, gets to be the dowager. Got it. So she is uh, very nice. She is a little distracted sometimes, um, and but is generally, you know, very kind and enjoys uh, chatting and flowers. Um, on the other hand, Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Sarah Combs. Um, Lydia's mother. She is pretty sharp and she has a bit of an acid tongue, but generally speaking, you probably get along with her quite well because generally she just has ceased to care what people think of her and so speaks her mind. Hmm. But she is also, she is a, she is a sharp one and you have learned already to not play cards with her. Interesting. 
Alright, so John Stone, what are you doing for this evening's Sir John Stone? Uh, Captain Stone. Um, I think that I shall make sure to thank our hosts. Ah, yes. And, yes, and, and uh, give them their due of time and if they want any stories about the war and Napoleon and the Duke of Wellington and all of that. Um, and uh, not too much, but definitely not too little. And it's at this point that I'll be considering, do I want to go back and risk death some more? Or would I like to settle down with a nice, you know, place in the country? Okay, so I will, uh, you'll need to make an etiquette roll to speak with the hosts. All right. This involves so. you finding the right moment such that you don't create a gaffe by interrupting at the end of an opportune moment. Uh, I have failed my roll 70% out of 30. Okay. So there is also uh, another role that I didn't mention, which is called pushing your roll. If you would like to try to re-roll it, what you can do is you have to tell me what you do differently this time around, and then you can roll again, but be, be aware that failure now has a consequence. I will not push my luck. I will merely okay. apologize for speaking uh, when they're clearly busy and uh, take my leave. Okay. So you kind of interrupt at a slightly interrupted moment, and then you apologize. Make me a charm roll to see how well your uh, apology smooths over. My charm over. is much less than my etiquette. <laughs> uh, I failed that as well. Okay. So you were both slightly rude and not very charming uh, and kind of backed away. <laughs> Whoops. Whoops. Okay. Maybe I would like to go back to war. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the good reverend, what are you, what are you doing uh, while captain is circulating? And I guess we'll come, we'll get back around to Gemma here in a second. Um, well, so you can, just to make it clear, if you want to play cards, there's a rules for playing cards. If you want to make conversation, yeah. there's rules for making conversation. And if you would like to ask someone to dance, uh, there are rules for making, for dancing. Well, I'm trying to decide how religious someone would be in this this situation, like, is dancing frowned upon? Is playing cards frowned upon? Is Well, we're pre-Victorian, so that, yeah. that makes things slightly easier. Um, and also, the other reverend is here tonight. Uh, the reverend for St. Bridget's, the church that's in uh, the center of Terryford. Oh. Reverend Choke. However, uh, you don't get along with him very well. Because mm. I've uh, taken many, a few mis members. <laughs> yes, you you you're the you're the new hotness in town, being kind of young and you know devout and you know well spoken, and he is more of the old school fire and brimstone you know kind of uh, strike the priest, fear of God, <laughs> who's then discovering that oh gee, fewer and fewer people are kind of showing up. Well, 
All right. So whenever you, your encounters with him generally, which you know happen somewhat frequently at events like this, tend to be awkward at best. In in the Pride and Prejudice, and actually in several of Jane Austen's books, reverends that show up definitely go dancing, are definitely looking for eligible young ladies to be their wives, and they definitely play cards. All right. They may not play very well, but they play. Right. <laughs> I think a priest who plays cards really well would be suspicious. <laughs> yes. It's more to be social than to to win. Yes. <laughs> yes. 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 All right. And generally speaking, you're you're playing for what they call fish, which are like little ivory um, counters, mm. um, and only if, like, say gentlemen agree and they'll may, they might go into the drawing room or something would they actually play for money right which happens quite a bit but uh, that's not something to do in front of the ladies right all right well let's go dance how about okay. that <laughs> the mood is striking me let's go dance yes well so in that case uh, you need to find yourself a partner mm-hmm so, to find a partner requires a successful charm or persuade role on your part. Oh, excellent. Okay. And you'll need to get a hard success or better if you want them to be somewhat taken with you. Alright. Well, I'll use my persuade as it is better. It's a, I have a 50-50 chance, so here we go. No. <laughs> it's a <Okay>. 91. <laughs> So, um, hmm. so you're unable to find a partner um, amongst the dancers in the dance room. In addition to uh, Miss Elizabeth and her circle, who I mentioned before, um, there also uh, is a, a Miss Eleanor Ashler, who you know is quite keen on finding. Uh, a husband, perhaps one though of a higher rank than yourself, um, and then there's a Miss Susan Putterton as well as Miss Emma Wentworth, uh, also having great fun dancing. Um, and then also there's you know uh, people who are not currently looking for wives, such as a Miss Havering, uh, or um, oh, there's somebody else probably, but. Yes, so there's a variety of people you know from your flock as well as eligible girls, uh, young women, I should say, uh, available. But uh, with your... So you attempt to do persuade and your attempts to use the, the gifts of the oratory that you learned at the seminary failed to convince <laughs> this girl, whichever one, let's say it was Miss Eleanor, to mm. dance with you. All right. Saying that she was waiting for another partner. Okay. So should I, can I go and try another? <laughs> yeah, but let's jump over to Clay real fast and we'll come back around. All right, sounds good. Yeah, Clay. <laughs> yes. Gemma, so Elizabeth is quite you know keen with the dancing. It seems like there's, uh, but you don't have to stay with uh, Miss Elizabeth, excuse me, um, if you don't want to, if you want to circulate or see other things around in the, in the house. Well, if she's if she's currently dancing and I'm, you know, a wallflower, and I probably think that her circle of friends are a little annoying, 
because I'm 23, so they're a lot younger than me, or some of them are a lot younger than me. So yes, I am going to go and circulate the room and look for, you know, interesting people, scope out attractive gentlemen, that sort of thing. Okay. Uh, well, certainly there's a Mr. James Bennett who is uh, seems like an eligible fellow. Um, you don't know much about him other than the fact that he is recently back from uh, Cambridge. Uh, and I think probably Miss Elizabeth has told you a little bit about him, uh, saying that, you know, he was very, very intelligent uh, fellow when he, uh, but is a little, can be a little rude or difficult to get to know. Um, and so I, also... I... Oh. sorry, go ahead. No, I, I have a plan. I can't just okay. go up and talk to anybody, right? Because you can't do that if you haven't been introduced. No. Especially as a single young woman. But I'm going to either drop a handkerchief or, um, you know, slightly swoon in his general direction. See if he. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. Oh, it's so hot in here. Oh, I'm feeling faint. So, what, what is your goal? What are you trying to accomplish with this? Um. Just see how much money he has. <laughs> <laughs> That's a pickpocket roll. <laughs> um, you know, just to flirt, just to see how far I can get flirting with him. Okay. Um. So that means. I have to yes. be careful. He's caught my eye, but I have to be careful because um, I certainly, I am sure that uh, Lady Lydia, as well as Mrs. Sarah Coombs, will be keeping an eye on me. So, mm. you know. so you can try to do uh, a charm or persuade roll. Um, Okay, I'm I'm reasonably charming. Okay. Okay, so, so we can this... assume you're you're dropping your handkerchief or whatever gambit you use is enough to initiate a conversation without being, you know, seen as a forward hussy. Okay. Do I need to roll or Yeah, so are you you're using charm? Yes. Okay. So give a charm roll. Which would be another one of the 1D100 rolls? Yeah, it would be a 1D100 roll. Okay. And what is your charm skill? Um, 63 or 65. Okay, I rolled a 14. Alright. And my so... charm is 65, yes. <laughs> and is that a is that a extreme success? It's pretty low. Um. No, it would have to be a thirteen to be extreme. Okay, but it is a hard success. It's a hard success. Okay, so um, you managed to successfully charm him, and 
perhaps James, who is a little bit bored with the travels of, you know, his, the people back home, you know, he's home from college, uh, finds a new person and you're able to have a discussion where perhaps you make snide comments about people dancing. <laughs> so I'm going to be both charming and mean and gossipy. You're the villain in one of the Austinian books. <laughs> I am. I'm completely the... I'm, I'm clearly a villain. Yes. I'll, I'll tell you who I am. As this character is so clearly Becky Sharp. Um, it's not even funny. But that is Vanity Fair. Ah. And I love Vanity Fair, so this is great. Okay. So while that is chat... While they are speaking and making their little, you know jokes about other people's extents uh captain stone so after completely embarrassing yourself to uh the the hosts what would you like to do um forget this i'm just going to find someone to dance with okay so who would you like to to dance with uh i kind of gave a list before um You don't know probably not, very many of these people because you've been off on campaign, so I'm not going to tell you anything about them. Uh, some are cuter than others. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go straight for the middle and uh, almost at random. I don't know anyone here anymore. Uh, they were above my social class when I left. Mm-hmm. Now they're equivalent. Forget it. I'm just going to find someone and dance with them. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and say that you can roll... This are you using charm or persuade? Persuade. All right. Yes. I want to say you can use persuade. You can roll this with advantage because you're a man in uniform. Ooh, uh, yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, twenty-seven or seventeen. What is your uh... persuade? Is fifty. So okay. That would almost be a critical yes a criti- well it would be an extreme would be if you got a 10 or less I believe ah uh, yes sorry so it's, it's, yeah it, crit would be a 1 sorry yeah so right. you got a hard success but it's success. a half success yeah, alright so you got a hard success and so uh, I'll say that Miss Emma Wentworth is quite taken with you as you invite her onto the floor to dance so now comes the dancing roll Right, which is less, you know, skilled. But I will apologize beforehand, saying this has not been the area of my study. But I will say not to embarrass her. Well, unfortunately, this is a pretty slow dance, so you get to roll with advantage again on your dancing roll. Oh, that's good, because the first one was 73. And uh, the second one was 73 out of 14. Okay. So, definitely going back to war. You end up looking a little bit clumsy on the dance floor, but uh, again, with your apology and your self-effacingness, you're able to make that yeah, even a little bit charming. Being able to, you know, if nothing else, you can always blame your wound. By the way, where is your wound? I'm going to go for my off arm. Okay. There's your wound. Your wound is something that's pretty much healed, and it doesn't have any mechanical disadvantage to you at this point. 
but that's it has nice a cool, because a cool scar. It, it looks atrocious, though. <laughs> yes. How'd you get it? Is it like a French saber, or did you get shot, or what? Um, shrapnel. It's got to be shrapnel. Kicked by a horse. Uh, no, uh, we're we're gonna go for a chunk of stone from uh, artillery barrage. Ah, that's a good story. Yeah. Okay. You should have seen the other guy. <laughs> He's missing his. We head. showed them what ho. Yes. Okay, Reverend. Mm-hmm. So your first attempts to find a dancing partner fell flat. And who was that? Do you know who the first one was? Or uh, I think it was Miss Eleanor Asher. Okay. Okay. You should go for Georgina. You can never go wrong with a Georgina. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's the Miss Georgina is the older sister of uh, Miss Emma, who JJ is dancing with. Oh. And she, Georgina is quite well read. She is. When you've spoken to her before, she has uh, uh, spent a, quite a bit of time reading classics in the library and is well spoken. Oh, she sounds awesome. It's, she'll. Suit the Reverend quite well. Let's try her. Okay. <laughs> I'll try my persuade again. Yes. Do a 19. Yeah. 19. 19? Yeah. Under? Under 50. So. Okay. So that's a hard success. Yeah. So... She is quite uh, impressed with you when you ask her out and or ask her to dance. And as you go onto the floor, would you like to make your dancing roll? Sure. Again, this is the stance you get a bonus. So I don't have anything in my dancing, but it says dex 5%. So do you... Is that dex times 5? Oh, okay. So dex times five would be your base, I think, right? Right. Or I would need to actually look at the character sheet to see exactly how they're doing it, but it's probably based off of your uh, your dex attribute. Because my dex is fifty. Okay, and so what does it say exactly? It says dex divide by five percent. Oh, yeah, so it's your dex divided by 5 in percentages. So it would be a 10%. 
Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> then I failed. <laughs> My dancing is horrible. How badly did you fail? Well, I rolled a 66. Okay. <laughs> so... Yes, you indeed. Uh, oh, um, so yeah, so you um, also don't look super debonair on the floor. A uh, little bit clumsy. You do not do yourself necessarily any favors, but at the same time, a reverend who is uh, excellent dancer is also perhaps a bit suspect. Mm. <laughs> okay. Um, all right, back around to the twittering in the corner with, uh, Miss, uh, Miss Gemma. Okay, so, um, now I'm by nature a nosy person, and so I'm enjoying flirting, but I'm so, always, there, I've got a goal here, and the goal mm -hmm. is learning anything that benefits me. So, yes. I'm sort of trying to figure out if he's somebody that I can manipulate. Is he somebody that has, like, a hidden fortune? Is he going somewhere socially? Um, or is he just somebody humorous to talk to to pass the time? Well, give me a psychology roll. Okie dokie. Oh. I have a 60 in psychology. I got a 21. And Under that... 60. So that's that's a hard success. Yes. Okay. So. So you can tell that he is, in fact, a little bit into you, based on your conversation. Um, he seems a little bit dour, um, but you also can tell that he seems to be rather wealthy. Uh -huh. um, and he makes some disparaging comment about, you know, the undue burden that parents put upon their children. That makes you infer that perhaps he is uh, slightly at odds with uh, his parents or his father who expects him to take over the family estate. Okay, so uh, I'm just going to keep on chatting with him then and being very sympathetic and okay. listening. Being a good listener. Uh, he will probably, at this point, ask you to dance. Oh. Well. If only because the two of you chatting for this long may start tongues a wagon. That's true. Okay, so yes, I'll go dancing with him. My dancing is okay. It's not great. Alright. Well, give us a roll. Okay. I can see how this is going to go. All of us are going to just embarrass ourselves on the dance floor. <laughs> <laughs> gonna end up having to hang out because nobody else will dance with him. Oh, wow. Whoa. I rolled a six. 
A six. Okay. Yes. So my dancing is 30. And so the extreme is a six. All right. You got an extreme success. Yes. Um, And you actually get attention from other people in the room at your skillful ability at the dance floor. I must have know this song really well or something. (laughs) Yeah, you've been hearing them practicing it all week, so. Or perhaps uh, Elizabeth has been practicing at this dance with you. Oh, yes. That's probably, yes. Okay. So does anyone, people want to continue to dance or do something else? Uh, Do you want to continue to try to... Probably having two dances in a row with the same partner will cause uh, some gossip. No, actually, that's the way you normally do it. Yeah. In Jane Austen books, you always secure the first two dances or the next two dances. You always do two dances in a row with somebody. You don't switch partners constantly. So a dance is actually two. But four! That would cause quite a bit of... That's beyond the pale. That is beyond (laughs) the pale. Okay. So does anyone (laughs) want to go for the second dance to really seal the deal? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Of course. Here we are. (laughs) We have got our game on. (laughs) All right. So, uh, Reverend, would you like to, uh, I guess... Roll the dice? Roll the dice for a second dance. I don't think you need to do a charm or persuade since you're doing so well. <laughs> oh. oh, 49 on a 10% dance, which is not. Okay, so you continue to shuffle around. And shuffle and kind of make do. On step the on toes. Yes. I was about to say, step turn, on the young lady's toes. <laughs> turn the wrong way at the wrong time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, and oh, don't forget, though, that these dance rolls are still, it's a, another slow song, so you do get a bonus. Hmm. So you can re-roll the 10s if you want. Oh, sure. I'd love to re-roll the 10. <laughs> oh, yeah. He re-rolls it. <laughs> What's that? It gets me a, to a two for my reroll, so can I use some of my luck? Yeah, of course. Okay. Um, yeah, I'll use like 15 of my luck to to jive it up on the dance floor. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> Alright, so lower your luck by 15. Yep. And you... So that gets you to an extreme success? That gets or me hard... to a, a, re- a regular hard success. <laughs> a regular, or a hard success. Yeah, yeah, cool. yeah. All right, so with a little bit of luck, uh, as you, you're you able to pull off a much more impressive turn on the floor this time. All right. Excellent. Uh, Captain Stone, do you wish to dance again with Miss Emma? Why not? Okay. It is how it's done. Uh, and wow, that was not great. Uh, 60. And uh, I will simply apologize and say uh, that, that I may not be cut out for this kind of display. Okay. And uh, invite her to adjourn from the floor afterwards. <laughs> adjourn to the punch bowl? Yes. Okay. 
and Miss Gemma. So, Mr. Bennett asks you for a second dance. Oh, ooh, this time I did not know the song. I rolled a 29. My dancing is a 30, so. So you can spend, wait, so a 29 is success. Yeah. It's a success, but it's not a good success. It's a okay success. It's a regular success. Yeah, it's it's a regular regular success. success. Yeah, you do not make a fool of yourself. Okay. (laughs) Uninspired, but technically accurate. Yes. Well, after after the first dance, you didn't want to show off on the second one. Oh, that's true. Yes. Yes. Okay. So as it uh, dance wraps up, now that you all have had your two dances, is there anything else you want to do on the in the ball? Well, I think one of the things that I'm interested in is gossip because I want to know who all these people are and what their deal is. So, Well, possibly the best place for that would be in the main parlor where uh, conversation is taking place. I, that's where I'm going. Then. Okay. I will say I will thank Mr. Bennett for the dance and do tell him, yes. do a curtsy and tell him how lovely this evening is turning out or something, you know, vaguely positive like that. <laughs> okay. Do you want to give a another charm roll just to see how well that's received as you dart away? Oh, yes. Yes. Let's see. I got a 35. So, okay. normal amount of charm. Normal amount of charm. Successful charm. And he gives you kind of like a, a bow and, you know, a, a lingering look as you as you head off. Excellent. Okay. <laughs> so you head over here to the main parlor and let's see. Reverend and uh, Captain Stone, is there anything you want to continue to find a new dance partner? Um, go ahead. I, I think, I think I will try my luck off of the dance floor. Okay. And. I will mosey and wander and observe around the ballroom or around the house around around the house okay. the library and the parlor okay yes you can slip out through the main room and then turn right at the entrance to the main parlor and head up the hall to the library i i will politely make sure that i uh end the dancing with emma so as to not be simply like to turn away or okay what have you but yeah do you want to give a charm roll um, yes, it will be horrible. Yes. But I, I will thank her for such a lovely experience on the dance floor. Are you going to do oh that? Oh my god, you... I might have actually met it. <laughs> so say, are you going to do that thing where you click your heels together? <laughs> Good yes. 
Um, I have a charm of 15, and I rolled a 19, so I will spend four luck to actually charm. Okay. So as you kind of babble your way through, you're, you're thanking her in the evening. You somehow manage to luckily land it, stick the landing, and then turn and leave before you make a fool of yourself. Ah. Distraction, better part, all of that. And then Reverend. Um, I'm going to try and persuade uh, Georgina to come join me in the main parlor for some conversation about her literary aspects and okay. whatnot. So, uh, give us a persuade roll. I'm going to say that you have a disadvantage on this one because you're trying to get her to leave the dance floor. Oh, okay. I got a 45. So roll the tens again. Was the, was the forty five a success or a failure? It's a success. Okay. Let's so roll the tens again. Yeah. Oh, that's a seven. So. Oh, so yeah, seventy five. Yep. All right. So she demurs and uh, thanks you for the dance and goes back to you know. Uh, whatever it was she was doing. Uh, I guess she was with the uh, Miss uh, Miss Elizabeth circle, as they are kind of like either dancing or sitting in a circle and doing the teenage girl giggling thing and talking and gossiping. Yeah, I think they're the local, you know, mean girls. <laughs> they're Heathers. Well, you, Gemma, you found that uh, Miss Elizabeth is almost depressingly nice. Yes. <laughs> She's a, more than a little bit of like uh, Jane Bennett in her. Yes. She's friends with everyone and is oblivious to when people are being rude. Yes. But she's rich, which makes her popular. Yes. And pretty attractive. Okay. So, um... Okay, so Gemma, as you come into the uh, the main parlor, uh, you can find that there is People here, including, of course, you know, Lady Lydia, who is your host for your stay. Uh, there's also uh, Mrs. Asher, um, who, interestingly enough, uh, was is from Bombay and is her family converted to Christianity, and then she married the local uh, Mr. Asher when he was uh, in India and came back. Hmm. Uh, and then Mr. Asher is also here, and he is deep in conversation with the Reverend Choke from St. Bridget's. Uh, you know for a fact that you've heard that uh, Mr. Asher is quite religious and enjoys engaging uh, the town's uh, reverends in uh, philosophical and metaphysical discussions about the nature of heaven and sin. Uh, Reverend Choke is not looking too happy about being cornered like this. Um, 
And then also there is Miss Marianne, um, who is, uh, she is, uh, one of the Pottertons who have quite a few of the siblings are here. Um, her father is a widower. And so she is basically, um, is about your age, uh, Gemma, but she is, uh, kind of had to step in and be the lady of the house for the Pottertons at a pretty young age. Um, and and then there is Miss Miss Parsons, the doctor's wife. Um, hmm. Well, first things, I am going to go up and be good and either, you know, check in with probably the thing to do is not so much. I'm probably going to avoid Lady Lydia at the moment, but I am going yes. to go over to the Dowager Lady Northlake and ask oh, her she's if she's playing she... cards. Okay. She's what about cards. Miss? What's about Miss Sarah Combs? Is she playing cards? Yeah, she's also playing cards. So I'm trying to do something like the good guest would do and go up and ask if I can get somebody a cup of punch. Okay. Um, so. Wait, so you're going to come in here to the main parlor and then ask if anybody wants punch and then turn around and leave again? Or... No, I'm, I'm going to go using the punch thing. As, uh, the polite thing to do is for me to go over to one of the elders, like, the dowager lady or Elizabeth's mother yeah. <laughs> and ask either one of them if I can get anything for them. And since the dowager lady is the one that's kind of sounds like she's a little dotty, um, dotty. I was going to go up to her and say, you know, okay. So you're in the small parlor with the da where the card players are. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. I'm in the wrong room. Yeah. There's the, there's the, the main, the main hall, which is where, um, the people I just described are there and they're sitting around and having conversation. And then the small parlor is where the card tables are set up with, um, as I said, yeah, the two elderly ladies of North Lake Hall, as well as um, um, Mrs. Havering and uh, Dr. Parsons, Mr. Wentworth, Mr. Bennett, um, and uh, Mr. Powderton. So many of the fathers are in here. In the main parlor. In the uh, in the small parlor playing cards. Okay. Okay. So then the main parlor is the other young people or other? Uh, it's more the main parlor basically is the, the conversation room. And that's where you have Lady Lydia as well as some of the more like, you know, the. Um, the misses. Okay. So I'm going to go up to Lady Lydia and I'm going to ask her if I can get anything for her, like, a you know, a cup of punch, anything like that. She'll probably say no. And then she should invite me to join them. Well, she does. So, yes, she invites you to sit down and then, you know, she introduces you to anyone that you've not already met in the last few weeks that you've been in, uh, in Tarrington. Excellent. And so, for conversation, uh, would you like to try to pick up or strike up a conversation with somebody? Yes. What subject would you like to talk about? 
Um, well, I guess, what do people talk about? They talk about the comings and goings and new people in town, uh, strangers you, in town. You can pick a knowledge or a skill. So you could pick like art or archaeology or fashion or something like that that you have a, a skill in. Okay. Um... Well, but you probably should not make be get too academic with your discussion. I'm going to especially, talk especially about as fashion. the fairer sex. I'm going to talk about fashion. You know, the the new fashion for long sleeves. Oh yes, <laughs> straight out of Jane Austen. But yes, so those, I'll, those I'll tiny start with jackets. That. Okay. Yes. So I guess give a roll. Okay. It's funny how like so much of this game is straight out of these novels which is great for me <laughs> yeah okay i rolled a 31 is that a success i'm trying to think and so what it's conversation uh it's whatever the skill was so you're doing fashion yes i think i have nothing no yeah i have nothing in fashion it's like it's ten percent. So no, I utterly fail in my conversation about fashion. Okay. Uh, so you fail to be entertained. <laughs> I mean, I can't very well talk about fighting or locksmithing <laughs> <laughs> or firearms. <laughs> so. Yes. Read the room. Okay. So your attempts to to engage conversation kind of fall flat, and you end up probably sitting there with nobody really talking to you or you and or you're just listening to other people talk yes so i'm gonna have put a plaster of cheerful vague smile on my face and i am going to eavesdrop is eavesdropping a thing no but um well, you eavesdrop. You're, you're just listening yeah okay so i'm listening and i'm also spotting hidden are you yeah i can do that on my next turn though okay all right, so Reverend... Oh, actually, let's do JJ real fast. Okay, so JJ. Um, I will you talk You have with... walked down the hallway and entered into the library. Ah. If I recall correctly. Very and good. So what you find is a room that is... Um, it is quiet in here. And there's floor-to-ceiling bookshelves filled with, well, books. And uh, you can see that there is a writing desk in the center of the room. And then also there's a small glass-top table on one side. Um, I will idly And as you see come in, you find Miss, Miss Clara. Miss Clara is perusing the shelves when you come in. And then she greets you. Well, I nod my head. And um, and is she from the family that lives here, or is she? Uh... No, she's another guest. Another guest. Well, I will. You observe don't what's know in the exactly room. Exactly who she is, or exactly who her family is. Yeah. Uh, you check out the. Shelves. I will look and see. I will check out the shelves. Yes. 
I'll see what topics she seems to be searching if it's organized by topic. You get the impression that she is uh, she's sort of like, you know, browsing around. Do you want to make a psychology roll? Sure. Uh, I'm not sure I made that. Uh, psychology. Nope. <laughs> 55 out of 15. 55 out of 15. Okay, so you get the impression that she's in here hiding from, you know, people. Um, and not really looking for something to read. I understand that greatly. So I will um, will not bother her. And, and uh, I'll look and see what's on this table and what's on the writing desk and uh, give her plenty of space. Okay. As you look on the writing desk, it's a fine, large mahogany t- uh, desk, and there's like, you know, a blotter and everything else, kind of like you typically find on there. And then on one side, on a little stand, is the North Lake Family Bible. Uh, what? How many hundreds of years old is it? Uh, it looks quite old. Uh, quite old indeed. And then I reflect upon this. Start a family, go back to war. Start a family, go back to war. Yes. Put down roots. Blow up shit. Yep. (laughs) Such a choice. Yes. Do you go over and examine the the bijou tiri table, as it's called? Sure. So underneath, it's like, it's a glass top table with like locked and inside you can see numerous curiosities uh, clearly collected by sir james uh, including uh, fossils and geodes and other sort of like little ephemera but the thing that you definitely notice is in the middle of the table sitting on a velvet cushion is a circular brooch about three and a half inches in diameter And huh. it appears to have a, lar- a large gemstone, uh, and it seems to be set in gold. I will not touch it, but I will admire it. It appears to be of quite... Yeah, it seems like quite uh, a fine gem. Huh. I would, I would... Actually, to more details, um, it appears to be two concentric rings held together. Um... Uh, and it is in fact studded with gemstones with the one large gem at the center do you have uh, a praise as a skill um no just the base which i mean i might as well roll it uh but no i do not get that 43 out of 05 okay so um it looks there's expensive. also a, there's also a small note written uh, in front of it, in neat uh, script that says, The North Lake Jewel, circa 12th to 13th century. Inscribed hmm. on the reverse, Ospert Nordlack made me as I made him. Ospert Nordlack. Hmm. N-O-R-D-L-A-C. Yeah. That sounds Viking. Hmm. Do you want to make an intelligence roll? Sure. 
Uh, no, 78 out of 50. Okay. Do you have any French as a language? No, I do not. Okay. Yeah. Lousy French. Um, do you have history? History? No, just the base. You want to try it? Barbarian. Sure. 28 out of 5. Okay. So, yeah. Well, it seems like that's... That shiny rock is probably worth a fair coin, would be your guess. I, I am more impressed by the fact that here we are in England, where we could leave such a thing out in the open, where everywhere I've been for 10 years... It wouldn't have lasted a minute. Mm-hmm. One of the bloody French or one of us would have taken it. No, so, there is something to being home. Okay. So, Reverend, what are you doing while everyone else is? I mean, the ball is obviously still continuing the dance floor. Hmm. Well... I think I'll make my way to the main parlor and as I said I was and maybe I'll stumble upon Reverend Choke and his conversation there. I'm feeling feisty. Maybe I can poke the bear a bit. (laughs) (laughs) So um So as I described before, the in the main parlor you've got Lady Lydia along with several other people, and including the Reverend Choke, who gives you a dirty look as you come in. Uh, but he is engaged with the rather boorish Mister Asher, who you know probably in your mind better him than you. <laughs> Excellent. Would you like to try to make conversation? Sure. Um, yeah. I'll gauge the room. I'll, I'll go say hello to Lady Lydia and thank her for hosting. And Okay, give me an etiquette roll to broach the, the subject appropriately. Alright. 68. I'm a... I'm a 55, so I use 13 points of luck, or 14 points of luck. Okay. Okay, and then do you want to give a quick, I guess, charm roll as you... Talk to the the lady of the house. This will be rough. (laughs) Not that charming. More persuasive. (laughs) Oh, I did make it. Awesome. I got a six. Awesome. All right. So you um, interrupt a slightly inopportune moment, but then you're very charming as you spoke with her and she, you know, compliments you on your sermon last week. Um, Thank you. Yeah, that's all very pleasant. Um, and 
let's see. So JJ, you are still in the library when Miss Marianne comes in and finds Miss Clara in there. Whereupon she sort of like uh, whispers with her rather severely and kind of escorts her from the room. Oh. So now you're alone in the library. Oh well, I will. I uh, will move along outside. I don't want to be alone in the room with this incredibly valuable thing. Yes. Um, and I will go and wander about the house almost randomly. Okay. Uh, and then, let's see, Miss Gemma, where were you again? I forget. I'm also sitting down in the main parlor and I'm close ah. to Miss Lady Lydia. Okay. And so then you see, yeah, you see the Reverend come in and he's speaking with Miss Lydia and uh, being gracious. And, you know, priesty. <laughs> so this is when I've, I've, um, I've been listening and I wanted to do my, uh, spot hidden because I'm being observant. Oh, that's and right. You're trying to do the nosy. spot hidden. Yes. Yeah. So let's see. I have a 50 in spot hidden. Um, so we'll see how this goes. Got a 56. Hmm. Um. So, what what can I add to that? You can add luck points if you want to turn it from a failure to a success. Okay. And that lowers your luck score. So I'm going to use some luck. I just need... I'm going to use four points of luck. That gets me to... No, six points of luck. Six points. Do I need to be... under? Like, do I need a 49 or is a 50 okay? Uh, you just need to... Yeah, a 50 is okay because that's okay. your skill. Okay, so I'm using six points of luck. Okay, and so you were trying to spot specifically some good gossip or something? Yeah, I'm looking for anything that I can use that's, you know... I consider to be a unique or interesting thing that will lead me ultimately to personal gain. Okay. <laughs> well, don't know how this connects back to personal gain. The thing, the only thing you really notice in here at the moment is that Miss um, Parsons, the doctor's wife, is quite failing her etiquette role and is... You know, you can tell because you know Miss Lydia so well, or Lady Lydia so well, that Miss um, Parsons is rubbing her the wrong way. And she's covering it up quite well, but you can tell that the doctor's wife is uh, overstepping her her bounds. Is she, is the, is this woman sitting down or standing up? Uh, she's sitting in the circle and she keeps trying to basically uh, turn the conversation to uh, with Miss Miss Lydia and basically is being a little too uh, like, you know, uh, you know, the quality folk like ourselves when, you know, clearly, you know, Miss Miss Parsons is a doctor's wife and not of the same class as Lady Lydia. Hmm. 
Now, one thing you can do, we haven't really talked about this, is that if you want to spread gossip, you can use your re reputation skill or your reputation score to um, basically okay. spread spread malicious gossip if you want. I'm going to do reputation. that. <laughs> I'm going to do that. <laughs> Here and now? <laughs> well, I'm trying to think. What can I do... What would I do here and now? Uh, I want to, to negatively affect this doctor's wife in order to continue to be in my host's good graces. Um, mm. So, I mean, I could do that one of those classic parlor moves where I'm going to go and ask her an awkward, embarrassing question. Like, um, what a lovely dress you're wearing. I Ooh. noticed, did I notice you coming out of, you know, Madam Baker's place last week, and of course, Madam Baker is somebody who's known for selling secondhand dresses or something like that. Implying. Yes, so you can figure out what, what exactly you want to say, um, and you can. If you basically are able to roll against your reputation and make a hard success, then. Uh, well, regular success means that if you whatever you say is gossip is believed. If you make a hard success, not only is it believed, but it will spread. Okay. Um. All right. So I'm gonna say, my, that's a lovely dress you're wearing. Um. But oh, what happened to your hands? No, she'd be wearing gloves. Damn it. Um. <laughs> Oh, but <laughs> let's see. First of all, if I got anything, well, it doesn't matter because I got a sixty-eight. <laughs> yeah. Um. So what I would say, yes, I'd probably be like, "Oh, that's such a lovely dress you're wearing. Did I spot you coming out of so and so's shop last week? Is that where you found this beautiful lace?" And everyone's gonna, you know look at me like mm. I'm insane because <laughs> and she'll probably turn her back on me and be like hmm. <laughs> so that was a failure alright so um If they're giving oh, yeah. me the so, shoulder, I'm going to go up and go to the library. <laughs> no, basically, you know, because you, did, you didn't have a, a critical failure, um, basically, people just assume that you're, misunder you, you mis you're mistaken and you, oh, you know, okay. saw someone else or something like that. Okay, so around this time is when all of a sudden there's a, a little bit of, of some shrieks and laughter and you can hear Miss Elizabeth and... Uh, several other people, including her circle, but also a few more people, um, moving through the hallway uh, into the uh, into the small parlor on the other side of the main hall. And you hear Miss Elizabeth's voice echo on the marble, saying something like, No, you have to see us. You won't believe it. Aha! Well, I'm going to jump up and say, pardon me. <laughs> <laughs> Duty calls. Go see what's and going JJ, on. And JJ, as you're coming down the hallway from the library, you basically almost get swept up in this group as they move past uh, into well, the hallway. 
Why and not? you see several people, including the girl I think you were dancing with, Miss Clara? Miss Emma. Miss Emma. Moving with them. Uh, and they're all kind of like laughing about something. Well, let's go. Okay. Why not? Let's attend. And also, I guess, the Reverend, you also notice this as you are still in the uh, the, small, the main parlor. Alright. Okay. So as you come in, they lead... Basically, as you come into the small parlor, you can see that there's two doors on the north side of the room. And they are coming in and out of those doors, going from one to the other and back and kind of laughing and talking about something. Okay. I'll try and figure out what it is. I'm going to say, Elizabeth, what in the world is going on? You must show me. Ha ha. She says, oh, it's the most, it's the most delightful thing. Um, and she tells you that the long corridor, uh, she basically tells you how yesterday when it was raining and you were off doing whatever it is you do when it's raining, um, she was basically down here and she was bored. And so she was doing hopscotch in this hallway and she noticed something quite strange, which is that the long corridor is like a pace and a half or a stride and a half longer than the servant's corridor next to it. But yet they should be the exact same length. Uh-huh. And as you're standing there, people are trying to prove how she's wrong, you know, by measuring it in various ways down the hallway. Um, and then coming around and measuring the servant's hallway, which the servants are using to bring food and things from the kitchen, and they seem a little nonplussed by that. <laughs> but in any case, as you look at this hallway, you can see that it is... Um, it's got a uh, stone floor and it has paintings on the wall heading down it and then you know um, intercut with um, uh, candle sconces and the whole thing is painted a rather somber shade um, and you know this hallway mostly as it's just simply like it's a hallway that go- connects the small parlor with the back garden I think that I will speak plainly and possibly too loudly, saying this should be very simple to measure by applying a length of cord to both surfaces, and then I'll realize that I've just spoken aloud. Hmm. Well, that, uh, Miss Georgina thinks that is quite, uh, Astute observation and says, do you happen to have such a length of cord upon your person? Uh, Alas, while I never am without it in the field, I am, and I will look at my uniform in a sense of embarrassed. You have have an artillery skill, don't you? I do, yes. So range is a thing that comes second nature to you. Yes. Can we find some rope? Surely the kitchen has some twine. Surely. <laughs> I'll, I'll, because I'm staying in the house, I will uh, cheerfully volunteer. Okay. 
I'll step into the kitchen. I've interacted with Cook before. She won't be happy, but I'll be really polite, and I think I can get some twine. I would assume that you probably have gotten on the good side of the servants while you've been here. Yes. Very important. Okay. Um, so, for your, for your information, the... Uh, Well, the butler for the house is uh, Hillier, and uh, Miss Lydard, Lydiard is the uh, housekeeper, head housekeeper. Uh, and then there's a number of maids in the house, so just giving the rundown of all the, the, the servants and whatnot. Um, and yeah, so you're in, probably on good terms with the cook. And uh, you are able probably... Yeah, to easily get, like, a ball of string. Excellent. Used for trussing up gooses. Geese. And you can figure that the hallway is about, uh, looks like it's about 60 to 70 feet long. Run it a, a, with a, a, a knot at each end. And then apply it to the other hallway. And we'll settle the question quite, um, simply. Okay, so you do so, and you stretch it down there to the. You measure the long hallway, long corridor first. Sure. And then tie off a knot, and then you, with your, who, who are you call, using as an assistant to hold the other end of the string? Um. Oh, should I be so bold as to ask Miss Emma? I don't know. Should you? I shall. I've had a punk, a classic punch. And okay. at this point, I've pretty much decided to go back to war anyway. So. <laughs> okay. Because so she holds the other end of the string. Society. Yes. And you tie a knot and hold it taut so that it is, you know, more or less straight. And you think you've got a pretty good measurement of the long corridor. And then you then proceed to the servant's corridor and repeat it. Indeed. You find that it droops most notably. And you actually have to stretch it out another three feet before it is, in fact, straight. My God. Weird. I will puzzle until my puzzler is sore. Actually, no, I take that back. It's, in fact, when you stretch it out, it's six feet. And what Miss Elizabeth had just told you was that she, when she measured it yesterday, it was three feet longer. So which which is the longer corridor? The long corridor is growing longer? Yes, yes the long corridor is longer than the servant's corridor by six feet now. I say, let's wait five minutes and go back and measure it again. Okay. <laughs> See if it's growing. <laughs> Well, some of the some of the people here begin to get bored and decide to go back to dancing. Uh, now that it has been proven that the long corridor is indeed longer. La ti da. Should we go upstairs uh, and measure the hallway upstairs? Well, it's not really appropriate to go upstairs during the ball. Oh, they've got such an inviting staircase. <laughs> <laughs> You've enjoyed that staircase. A lot yes. over the last few weeks. Yes, yes, I have. I'm trying to figure this out mathematically. 
Well, give me an artillery skill roll. Okay. Or someone can try to do an intelligence, just a straight intelligence roll, or if you have natural philosophy, you can try that. I have failed on all of them. There. This has piqued my interest. I'll use my natural philosophy. Okay. And I have a three. Ooh. You rolled a zero three on natural philosophy? Yes. So actually, that's nice. a critical. Yeah. Okay. Uh, put a check mark next to that. Natural philosophy? Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, you can't explain it, but you can definitely confirm that the corridor is not curved or anything else. It should be perfectly straight, and it, the two of them should be identical, and they're not. So by now, most people have kind of like wandered off now that, you know, the mystery is confirmed to be a mystery and there's nothing else to do about it. Uh, Miss Elizabeth is still here kind of like, you know, chatting with Gemma. Uh, is there anything you want to ask her? I'm going to ask her. Oh, oh, sorry. She lives in here, correct? Who, when was the house built or um, was it... Is this the way the house was built, or were sections added to it over the years? And are the plans for the house in the library? Uh, she she knows that the house is pretty old, and there is... She thinks this might be one of the older parts of the house. Definitely mm -hmm. some parts were rebuilt uh, at some point. Um, and... You know, most of the time nobody really uses this hallway, but um, she doesn't know anything about the about if there are plans. But she would suspect yes. You know, if they are there, they probably are in the 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 library. Hmm. Is anyone examining the hallway in detail or looking for uh, hidden things? I'm to going spot? to measure it again. Back to the long corridor. And I'm going okay. to, as I'm walking up and down it, going to spot hidden and see if I can figure this out. I have a mystery. A mystery. I will, I will look too. All right. Give me a spot hidden roll. And I will spot hidden as well, I guess. Where are you? Where are you? Tell me where each of you are performing your spot hiddening. As I walk the length of the corridor. Your boots kind of tapping on the stone. Indeed. I'm standing at the doorway from the corridor to the back garden. Okay. And I failed. I'll check the wall along um, that's adjacent to the ballroom. Okay. Oh, man. I failed. Eighty-seven. I failed you. Okay. So, Gemma, you notice as you're kind of looking around that the door to the garden has 
a lock on it, but it also has stout bolts at the top and the bottom, but they don't look like they've been used in some time. Like they've been kind of painted over a little bit. Hmm. Is this something where I could use intelligence to try and figure something out? or? Well, you have to tell me what you're trying to figure out. What are you trying to... Are the bolts on the outside or the inside? <laughs> uh, the bolts are on the inside. Okay. Are they ornate metal? Are they plain metal? They're pretty plain metal. They look old. Okay. And is the back door a solid door or does it have glass panes in it? Um, I will go ahead and say that it has a small glass pane in it. Okay. I'm going to peek out the glass pane. <laughs> oh, you can see the back garden. Do I see anything weird? No, you don't see anything weird. Okay. You can see the light from the ballroom coming through the French windows is, you know, kind of lighting up the bushes of the uh, formal garden. Does the back door open? Yeah. Easily? Okay. Yeah. I'm going to open it and step outside. Okay. Next to you is the door to the servants' corridor that comes out right next to it. It also has a small glass pane in it. I haven't stepped through a portal into a different time, have I? No. Okay. You don't think so. Unless it's a different time that has the exact same garden. <laughs> and it's September. And it's also in 1813. Yeah. But it's just the day before. Yeah. Okay, so Johan, you failed your roll? Uh, that's correct, yes. Okay, so you tap up and down it. There's candles on the wall and paintings, and it seems very much like a normal hallway. It's very strange. I take a, a second measurement of it. Still comes out as matching your first measurement. Okay. I'm going to go examine the door on the inside and the outside. The door, which door? On the, on toward, to the outside at the end of the long hallway. Okay, so down where Gemma is. Yes. She's just opened the door and is standing outside staring into space, I guess. Whistling and whistling. And whistling. Uh, so yeah, so you see that there is a door that has a lock on it and stout bolts at the top and the bottom. We have to ask our hosts. What could possibly explain this hallway? Uh, Reverend, what you up to? Hmm. I asked if I could see the length of cord and see if the hallway is square. Like, if, is it bending? Or is it... Well, your natural philosophy, you're able to determine that it's not... that it is not curved or anything. It is straight. Hmm. Is the ceiling the same height in the servant's quarter and the long quarter? Uh, yes, I believe it is. It's just nicer in here. 
And, oh, I know. I was going to look at all the different paintings and see if they're just regular old ancestors or if there's something curious. Okay. Uh, do you have, like, art skill? It seems unlikely, but... <laughs> or appraise? I've got acting. <laughs> no, I have appraise, actually. <laughs> okay. Um, yes. It's not a lot, but I, it's 25. So. So give it a roll. Nah, I got a 63. I've got some bad, bad rolls lately. All right. So the paintings, they seem to be like landscapes or pictures of horses. Um... Nothing unusual or weird about him that you can see. Hmm. Hmm. Amazing. Well, what do you all think? Should we go to the library and see if we can find any plans for the house? I'm just, this corridor fascinates me. Fine. Yes. <laughs> Might as well. Okay. So, oh, as the along. ball continues into the evening, you will kind of head back as a group um, after, you know, Miss Elizabeth heads off to return to the dancing, and you enter into the library. I'll grab some punch on the way. Good plan. Okay. Is Miss Clara still in the library? Uh, no. She okay. was grabbed by Miss Marianne and somewhat dragged away. So when you come back, the library is empty. Okay. So I will use my library skill to see if I can find some history on the house. Okay. Ooh. There we go. So my library Let's use see. is 30 and I got a 35, so I'll use a couple of points. Okay. Uh, you don't find any plans as you're looking around, um, but as the Reverend, you know that family Bibles often have lots of information. Maybe not about the house, but uh, important family events are usually recorded in them. Yes. I believe that that is a job for the Reverend. Poking around in family Bibles is a little bit above my social class alright so as you um, poke around in there um, you can see that the family bible dates back to 1468 
as you look at it, you are able to find um, the North Lake family tree. I'll point out the note of uh, on this uh, marble here. Uh, it goes back older than the Bible. Oh, you know that Gemma is totally made a beeline for the bobble. Beeline for the bobble. All right, mm -hmm. do you want to try to appraise it? Yes. You pull out your loop and begin examining it in great detail? Yes, yes, yes. Oh, the family tree is hilarious. Seriously, I rolls are I rolled a ninety-two. <laughs> well, um, shiny, you think? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> do you want to push the roll? Yes, I do want to push the roll. All right. Yep. So, how do? What do you want to do differently? I guess is the first question. Um, you think maybe. I'll say that you can push the roll, but you'll have to get it out to examine it, which involves getting into the case, which is locked. Okay, so I have a little bit of lock picking. Not a lot, but a little bit. So I'm going to try, I'm going to roll for lock picking, I guess. Okay. I am standing back at this. <laughs> nope, failed at lock picking. Um, how about, <laughs> how, what kind of case is it in? It's in a bijoui, bijouteria table. Ah, how do you pronounce that? Um, so it's just in like one of those glass top tables that has, you know, things below it. Okay. So it's the sort of thing that one could pry open with like a letter opener. Yeah, probably. Um, but then the table would be broken, and I would have broken yes. it. And that could possibly be a problem, since I'm staying there. Okay. I won't break the table. Does anyone else have lockpicking? Nope. Nah. No. All right. <laughs> so, so you're able to see the 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 records from the Bible, correct? Yes. Okay. Um. Whoever's examining the Bible, do you want to give me a history roll, history check? Yeah. Let's do it. Fourteen. Oh. Well. And I, uh, my history's at 35, so I'm below half. Okay, so that's a hard success. Um, so what you do notice as you're looking at it is that uh, Agnes, Beatrix, and John Northlake all died during an outbreak of the plague.
vague. And do you want to give me another roll? Sure. Twenty-four. Okay. Um, you also kind of are able to note that the women marrying into the family all come from their respectable local gentry families, um, including some that have already died out in the area, like the Terry family. Now, give me an intelligence roll. Sixty-nine, and my intelligence is seventy. Okay. So <laughs> as you're kind of looking at this and going back and forth, uh, meanwhile, uh, Captain John is watching at the door, and uh, Gemma is kind of like rattling at the that stupid table, <laughs> but surreptitiously so. You suddenly notice something very odd in these records. What you notice is that um, every hundred years, the eldest child of the North Lakes dies. And not only that, they die in the 13th year of the century. That's odd. <laughs> That's extremely odd. 